Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 93, Resiliency Training, Decision-Making, Week 1. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Hello, everyone in Resiliency Training. This month, we are talking about decision-making. This is such a good topic. I'm really excited. So in week one, we are going to be talking about just a lot of the basics of decision-making. I love to lay that groundwork on week one. We just basically examine your relationship with your ability to make decisions and how decisive you feel. And we, I love to talk about why it's valuable to spend time on this, to look at it, analyze it, get awareness around it, and improve it where needed and kind of make those little tweaks and things that are going to strengthen this area of your life. So the first thing I want to do is go over a couple of ways that decision-making really impacts us. One of the biggest ones, and we've talked about this in previous months, is the ability to make decisions ahead of time. And we know when we do it ahead of time, it's always with our prefrontal cortex, which is the thing we want to be using to make decisions. We're actually really good at making split-second decisions with our lower brain that is usually in response to an urge or an impulse or something like that. That one doesn't take a lot of thinking. In fact, very little. And it, it isn't, uh, it's just like a done deal when we're in that moment sometimes. But what we're working on strengthening is our ability to make those big picture decisions, slow it all down, do it with our prefrontal cortex, make decisions of what we're going to do tomorrow or the next day. And we already know what we're doing today because we decided yesterday or the day before. Now you don't always have to decide all the way ahead of time, but then you know you're using your prefrontal cortex when you do that. And one more piece of that that's so important to remember is that we make the decision ahead of time and then we stick to the decision when the time comes. So we make it today and then we do it tomorrow or whenever we decided the thing. And that's a big part of that trust with yourself and that relationship with yourself, following through on that, sticking to your plan and to your decision. And most of the time, well, maybe not most, but a lot of the time we have an urge to do something different. We have, um, you know, thoughts that come into our head that maybe make us question the decision that we made. And very often that does not mean that the decision should be questioned. Typically that's just our lower brain kind of resisting or rebelling against the plan that we made with our prefrontal cortex because your lower brain would rather do the smaller, easier, quieter, simpler thing. And the decisions that we're making with our prefrontal cortex are usually to do big things and to accomplish things and to be this like best version of ourselves. And so that's just a really valuable process to continue to take a look at that ability to make decisions for yourself for your best good ahead of time and then stick to them. That's a really valuable part of decision-making. Another thing that I want to mention that uh, I talk about more in detail and I I give you an example in the podcast I listed in this email, um, episode six of my podcast called Making Decisions Like a Boss. And I talk about how uh, one way we often will make kind of a bigger decision maybe not what we're going to eat for lunch today, but maybe something we're going to do with a job or with, you know, a parenting decision or something is we often will make a pros and cons list. And I have since then replaced it with something that I find to be a more effective method because what I found when I had a pros and cons list was that I could talk myself in and out of either way. I had a hard time. It's like you end up with four lists. And again, I go into this in a little more detail on the podcast. So I really want you to go listen to it there. But you end up with four lists because say you're deciding between two things. You're like, okay, I could do this or this. 
And what are the pros if I do this? And what are the cons if I do this? And what are the pros if I do this? And what are the cons if I do this? So then you end up with kind of four lists. And the pros list on this side is talking you into this one. And the cons list talking you out of it. And this one's talking you into it. And this one's talking you out of it. And this one is contradicting this one. And this one's proving this one wrong. You know, it's just like, it's kind of a lot for your brain and hard to just like hone in and make the decision. So the method that I have been using for the last couple of years since I discovered it, especially when my brain's like, oh, let's make a pros and cons list. Cause I'm actually pretty good at suggesting that to myself, even still. Then I'm like, wait, wait, instead of that, instead, and this one doesn't have as good of a name as like a pros and cons list, but I just say, let me ask myself like my reasons why. And then you end up with just two lists because it's kind of interesting. We don't actually need to spend a lot of time looking at why we wouldn't do something. You're totally welcome to. There's value there for sure. But I am most interested in why I would do something. That's the one I want to look at. So all I do is ask myself, okay, if I have these two things I'm deciding between, why would I do this one? What are my reasons why I would do this one? And what are my reasons why I would do this one? And then I just have two lists representing the reasons why I would do something. And it, each time I've used it, it really is able to quickly show me which reasons feel more true to me, which reasons feel like a higher priority, more important, more accurately and like genuinely reflecting me. And rather than typically one of the um, options I'm debating between, not always, but com- pretty commonly, one I'm a little bit more concerned about, like what other people would think. Like one is the one I want to do, but I sort of think I should do the other one. And that becomes so clear to me when I look at my reasons why, because I can just tell the one that I, that I truly want to do, but I'm like a little worried of people will think is the one that feels so much more true to me. And then the one of the two options that I think I should do that will be more in line with what other people are thinking or wanting for me, or makes more sense to them. (laughs) I don't know why we worry about other people so much, but we do, we have a human brain and we just worry about other people and it's totally fine. Let's learn to work with that. So I want to identify when I'm more worried about what other people want than focused on what I want and what I truly want. And I like my reasons why. So that's been a really effective practice for me. And uh, I really encourage you to listen to the podcast episode so you can hear me apply a specific example into that, into that um, tool so you can really hear how that works. Okay, we are going to do a model today, but I just have a few more kind of points that I want to hit before we go into this model. So the next thing I want to talk about that I think is a really common thing that trips us up when we come, when it comes to decision-making is it feels like big decisions should take a long time. And it's interesting to understand that the making the decision part is, is, happens in a second. It's a momentary thing. You are, you haven't decided yet. And then you decide and you do it right. And that just is a matter of you picking it, deciding it, sticking with it. And that's just that one second that you decided in that second. So decision-making actually doesn't take a long time, but we think that we're doing like the process of decision-making when we spend mm, weeks, months, thinking about it, mulling it over, going back and forth, asking a lot of people, researching. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but I just want you to start to notice that we most often take way more time than we need to, even if it's a big decision. And we're going to get into that more in the next week or the next two weeks about why we do that, about why decisions can feel so risky and all the problems, the things that get in our head that make decisions feel so scary and so risky and like we're risking, you know, regretting everything or making the wrong decision or failing. We're going to get into all that in week two and a little bit in week three. But I just want you to notice that 
just start to tell yourself when you're taking a while on a decision and you hear yourself tell your tell yourself the story of like, well, this is a big decision and big decisions take a long time. Just start to play around with that thought a little bit and question it because remind yourself that decisions, that's all it takes, right? And I, you may say, I like my reasons why I spend, you know, a couple of days researching. I talk to my, you know, really valued people in my life who love me, but that, but there's just beyond those two, three, four pretty, you know, short practices what we do beyond that is just postponing making the decision. And it's just indulging in all those worries and confusion and indecision and things like that. So I just want you to start to call yourself on that story just a little bit that I have no choice but to take like a long time to make this decision. And not everybody struggles with that, but that can be a really common one. And I find it very empowering to remind myself that it doesn't make me like um, irresponsible or, or like rushed to even make bigger decisions with just with just within a few days. And the reason that's so good to know, and we're going to get into this in the model that we run today, is that's going to help you be a more decisive person. And being decisive opens up so many things for you. That's what we're going to get into here in the model that we run today. So I just want to mention a couple more things and then we'll do that. A couple more questions I want you to ask yourself to help make these decisions that you're working on are if I could know for sure somehow we, we can't know, but if you could, if you could know for sure that both, say, say you're debating between two options, which isn't always two options, but if we could know that both scenarios that we were debating between turned out like amazingly successfully, then which one would I choose? And that's, that's starting to open you up to like, oh, I'm making this one, I'm making this decision out of fear. This question helps us see that sometimes fear is a real strong motivator in which uh, option we choose. Okay, so a few questions that you can ask yourself when you're in this decision-making process, especially if you're ready to make the decision, that's just going to help you kind of move through that indecisiveness, that urge to be indecisive, are, can I have both things? Sometimes that's just like a timing thing. Brooke Castillo talks about this in her podcast. Can I have one thing now and then the other thing later? If I want both things, can I have both things? This just opens us up. Because when we're when we kind of get crouched down in decision making, sometimes it feels like our options are very limited, and how could it be any different? And and then that's my next one is what are all of my options? When we're decision making from our lower brain, it usually will tell us I can only have this and this, and like both are bad. If you kind of feel like you're in that situation, it's kind of a lose lose situation, <laughs> and that's very discouraging. And that's something that will keep us in that indecision. Typically, that means your lower brain is kind of running the show. So I want you to open up let your higher brain in and just ask yourself a question like, are there, are there even more options than I realize? What are all of my options? Like even consider some crazy ones just to show yourself, just to show yourself that there's more than two options or more than three options that really, when you look for it, there are lots of choices. Now don't get overwhelmed in all those choices. I want you to just know that you don't have to pick between like two bad things. So if it feels like that's all you have, that's when you need to open yourself to like, okay, there's lots of choices. Let me find two of all these 15 choices or whatever. Let me find two or three that I actually like all three. And then I'll pick between those three. That's an interesting thing to kind of stretch your brain to that place. Another question that can be really powerful is ask yourself, like, what would my future self, what decision would my future self make? If this decision was presented to me 10 years from now, imagine who you are 10 years from now, what you have figured out, what you've been successful at, what um, obstacles you've overcome, all the ways you've grown in the next 10 years. And then if she were presented with this decision, or if you were able to ask her, like literally ask 
you 10 years from now for advice, you know, she's looking back on you today and saying like, this is the one you should do. I know for sure. Right. That's a really fun one to kind of stretch your brain and get that imagination going. And it can be, it can be so helpful. Our future self is so smart. She's just doing such a great job. And so are you. And she has so much love for today. You just like you have love for 10 years ago, like the today you has love for 10 years ago, you, and so, you know, thankful for what you did, thankful for what you went through, thankful that you're here now, your future self has so much love for what you're doing right now, what you're going through. So it's really fun to talk to her when you're decision-making. And the last question before we get into our model is what would love do? This is another one that can kind of pull you out of that place where you kind of feel like there's no good choices. Like it's a lose, lose, just this is another like kind of a stretching question because your brain doesn't even feel like love would be a part of this or that love could even be an option in this moment, especially if you're making a really challenging decision or you have challenging circumstances or like a lot of other people are involved or there's, you know, pain involved. Right. And you just ask yourself, what would love do? And sometimes your lower brain is going to be like, well, love's not even here. Right. Or it'll kind of focus in on like, well, if I'm showing love to them, then I should probably do this, but I want, you just show love to everyone. I want you to say like, okay, if I'm showing love to myself and I'm showing love to my life and I'm showing love to these other people involved, like what would love do for all of us in this situation? How can that help me lean toward the decision that, that uh, is going to be the most beneficial and helpful and produce the most love in my life? So what would love do? Okay. We're going to run a model on the benefits of feeling more decisive. That's the model I decided I want to run in this in this week one video. So I'm going to show you what that looks like. And actually move this just a little bit, a little closer to me. There we go. Okay. We're going to do it in blue today. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So feeling decisive is an incredible feeling. It's very confidence building. It's very energizing and it really opens up our lives to us because if we feel decisive, decisions are coming up all the time. And if we feel decisive, then we're able to just quickly make the decision with lots of confidence and move forward, taking action and loving our reasons why, loving our decisions, handling the bumps that will come up. Because sometimes you make a decision and some bumps come up, right? Because we can't predict all the bumps. But when we're feeling decisive, it doesn't make us question the decision we made. It keeps us in that, just that go mode of like, oh, this is just a bump. And then I keep going in my decision. You know, it's so good. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to get into. So if we're wanting to feel more decisive, I'm just going to say that we have like a job decision to make, meaning whether it's like a decision to stay or go from a job or a decision of something we need to do within our job, like are we going to ask for that promotion or are we going to apply for this other position or just some kind of pretty, pretty big, pretty important job decision, not necessarily, you know, life changing or, you know, just like a huge decision, but it's really going to impact you and it's important to you. Your job's important to you. So it's like a, you know, good sized decision that you need to make. And, and really a lot of little decisions will lead up to big decisions sometimes. So we've just got some stuff going on at work and we're needing to make maybe a couple of big decisions or like several small ones and then a big one or something. So we've got some, I'm going to say job decisions that are in our C line, whatever that is. And we're not sure what we want to think about it yet, but we know we want to feel more decisive when it comes to the decisions that need to be made at work. And let's just talk for just a second before we finish up this model of the power that comes from feeling decisive really specifically. So 
Brooke Castillo talks about this in the podcast episode that I linked to in this episode. And I thought it was just so good. It's so valuable to show yourself just like, if I feel more decisive in any area of my life, I'm going to get more of these things. Okay. So she lists four things. And the first one that she lists is more time. This one is just so obvious and such an immediate reward for improving your relationship with decision-making and feeling more decisive because you make decisions more quickly. And that's what we're going to start to write in the A-line. Whatever it is we decide to think, we're going to get to that at the end. That's going to make us feel more decisive. Here's what we're going to be able to do from feeling more decisive. So we are able to make decisions quickly, which we already talked about in this video. Okay, so that's one reason why being decisive gives us more time. And another way that being decisive gives us more time is we, we tend to spend a lot of energy and time on second guessing and like even after the decision is made, second guessing, regretting, even worrying we're going to regret the decision, uh, contemplating the failure of the decision or wondering, you know, the second guessing is like wondering if a different decision would have been better. And all of that just eats up our time and energy. So I'm just going to say you make decisions, you know, I'm going to, I like to use words like more quickly. It doesn't mean that we're just like perfect at making them quickly now. And then on this one, I'm going to say less second guessing, because it doesn't mean we're never going to second guess ever again. We're just trying to increase how quickly we feel like confident in making our decisions. We're trying to decrease some of these really unhelpful practices like second guessing our decisions or indulging in confusion and regret and, and, and some of those things. So those are kind of some of the big ones that come up for me when I think about how being more decisive would give me more time. The second one that Brooke Castillo lists that being decisive will benefit your life with like immediately is to be more, is to be ready to take more action. So you'll think, if you think about it, we don't, typically take much action until the decision is made. We, you know, we think we're taking action because we're like researching and doing some preparing and, and some of that is good, but we aren't ready to do all that must be done till the decision is made. So the more we're making decisions and they're done and they're, they're like, we're, we're past the decision now, then we're just swimming in all the action, which is what it has to happen either way. Whether we postpone the decision or not, the action is looming there needing to be done. And the more decisive we are, the more we just get right into the action instead of pushing, delaying, postponing. And the action that needs to get done is always just waiting out there kind of heavy over you. And think about that one. That one might sound even like a little daunting to you, but I want you to think about how much confidence is coming along with decisiveness and how much like inspiration and motivation is coming on, coming along with decisiveness. And so I want you to imagine taking all this action with that, with decisiveness, confidence, motivation, inspiration, drive, all of those things that are so fun to take action with. And not only that, but to have less of what comes with like all the second guessing and the regret and the fear of failure, failure, because what comes with that is if you feel tired when you do those things, but really you're like emotionally and mentally tired. So we're going to have less of that. And so this action is just going to feel so good for the most part. Okay. We're going to get to work and that feels so good. Okay. The third thing that Brooke Castillo lists that you get more of when you become a more decisive person is more growth. I think this one is so good. I'm just going to write it like that. And growth comes from doing things like we talked about this in 
our in our buffering month where we talked about the growth zone, the comfort zone, and then the growth zone. Anything that gets us out of our comfort zone is our growth zone. So growth comes from stretching ourselves. Growth comes from like feeling a little worried or a little scared and doing it anyway. Growth comes from doing things that are new. Growth comes from being willing to do things that we're not totally sure how it will turn out. We're not totally sure we'll do it well. We're not totally sure how it will be received by other people. Growth comes from going after our dreams, things that excite us and bring us passion. Even when all those you know concerns and worries might be there, growth comes from not holding still. Growth comes from moving, growing, changing, and being a more decisive person and just really conquering any like issues you're having with decision-making are just going to invite so much growth into your life because you're not going to waste time. And in some of those areas where you've been indulging and wasting time, you're just going to make decisions and go for it. And that comes with so much growth. It's really exciting. And the fourth reason that it's so worth it to work on becoming a more decisive person is a little bit we've already talked about, but it increases your confidence. This one is probably my favorite one. I think I say that just about too many things. Everything's my favorite and that's fine. (laughs) But anything that we can do to increase our confidence, so valuable. Because when you think about all the things we have to do in our sea line, right? All the, the relationships that we have and the responsibilities that we have. And then you think about the ways that we want to feel, you know, decisive, competent, inspired, some of those ones we've been mentioning. And then I just want you to take confidence and wrap it around all of these things. Just not feeling perfectly confident, but feeling more confident. Okay. So like I said here, we're not taking like every action imaginable. We're just taking more action. We, we're not growing in every way possible. We're just having more growth in our life. Like this is just the direction that we're heading and it's such a good direction. And it, right along with that comes more confidence. Okay, I'm gonna write here because the first one, I probably should have just written it out like this. More time. Example is this and this. So more time is the first one, which looks like making decisions more quickly, less second guessing, things like that. The third one, so this is, and you can hear more of this in Brooke's podcast. The third one, second one's more action. Third one's more growth. And the fourth one is more confidence. So yeah, just take everything you're trying to do, your life, your dreams, your relationships, just put like a nice layer of confidence around yourself and around all these things and around you taking action and you being decisive and just being decisive with confidence, being loving with confidence, being more patient with confidence, parenting with confidence, you know, show, just showing up in your life with more confidence. Like anything that can give us this one is just phenomenal. And I love it. Okay. So the result that we get from becoming a more decisive person and taking all this action and kind of getting all these things, there's a couple of ways we can write the result for this one. One, we can say like, you become your own version. Expert's a strong word. I like using strong words. If that bothers you, totally fine. Use a softer word. But I'm gonna I'm gonna become an expert decision maker. When I feel more decisive and I do these things, I become an expert decision maker because I'm making decisions all the time. I'm loving my decisions, I'm standing by them, I'm an expert decision maker. Another thing you could say is like showing up in your life more how you want to. That's not a super like concise way to say that, but I just like thinking about, I know where I'm headed. I don't totally know how to get there, but I love when my thoughts, feelings, and actions 
are in the direction that I'm trying to go. So that's what I mean when I say showing up more how you want to. It means like I see out there where I want to be and I do things and I'm like, oh yeah, that is heading me in that direction. Like I love when things are heading me in the direction that I know I want to go. And I don't always know how to get headed in that direction. So I love finding things that really take me that way. Okay. And the third way I'm going to write this is just basic. Your basic result would be to improve your relationship. You can actually put a couple of things here. You could say with, I'm the main one is, you know, your just, we'll say your decisiveness or your decision-making. And you could also say with yourself, with your life, we love things that help us improve our relationships with the important things in our lives, like these things. Okay. So we see that this is awesome, that we want this, that it will greatly impact our lives. And yet feeling decisive can feel a little elusive to us at times. Now, you know, because you've been studying the model with me and you've been coaching with me, that the only way to create feeling decisive is to find thoughts that we believe. And then we spend time thinking them that create that feeling of decisiveness. And what's really amazing is that you're already a really decisive person. This is what I come to find so much in my self-coaching and in the work I do with my coach. It's already there. I've just been looking for the other thing. I am just an expert at noticing when I struggled to make a decision. But when I made the decision quickly and well, it sort of flies past me. So I want you guys to realize how decisive you already are and just spend lots of time noticing that and start to let the indecisive moments sort of fly past you, filter past you the way your decisive moments may have already been doing. That's, the, that's kind of the first piece of finding this thought that's going to work really well for you. I'm going to put a couple of options in here and you guys will play around with this model on your own. There's some background noise today and I'm sorry about that. But in the summer, there's just always people around. It's really hard to find uh, a quiet moment. And so you'll just get to enjoy hearing all the lovely noises of my family behind me. So yeah, the first part is just starting to see, giving yourself permission to believe that you're already decisive. And I don't, I don't, and even though, you know, I'm coaching all of you, but I don't, I don't know all the ways that you, decisiveness and and decision-making is coming up in your life. Cause that's not something we, like most of us have spent much time coaching on, but even not totally knowing, I know, I know you're already a very decisive person. It's time for you to see it too. So that's, that's kind of the first option I want to say is something like I'm noticing or I'm working on noticing all the ways I'm decisive. This is just going to set a new filter in your brain, which is an awesome filter to say like, okay, so let's go about proving that. I'm noticing all the ways I'm already like a really decisive person. I'm, I'm beginning to notice. I'm working on noticing all the ways that I already am pretty great at decision-making. There may even be like areas of your life like your job or parenting, like kind of isolate an area and say like, when it comes to parenting, I just bam, rock out those decisions. And then when it comes to like money, that's where I get a little more nervous. Like, but then notice the way you might focus on. So I must not be a good decision maker because over here I struggle. So I want you just to start to notice, like there's areas of my life where I'm an incredible decision maker. I'm incredibly decisive. Another way to come at this is to just start to associate decisiveness with your identity. So there's kind of a soft way to do that. Um, like I'm working on being more decisive. 
So if you spend time thinking this one, then when a decision comes up and you're kind of tempted to maybe go the old way where you would, you know, think about it for a long time or second guess or go back and forth, you'd remind yourself like, oh, but I'm working on being more decisive. So in what way could I confidently and quickly make this decision and save myself some time and channel some confidence in order to be more decisive, right? And then another really simple way to think this is to just say, it's like, we'll say we do, we already are associating things with our identity. Like we're saying, oh, I'm just really bad with money or, oh, I'm really good at that sport. Or, you know, there's things we already just believe about ourselves. And those are just thoughts. We've just decided to believe we're good at those things. And we sure we've maybe piled up some evidence of why we're good at that thing, but it's also because we were looking for it. So you can just start to say like, I am a decisive person. Like just notice the way you haven't been thinking these things. And that's totally okay. It takes intentionality to think about ourselves this way, particularly if this is an area that we feel like we struggle with. Now, if this one's too strong or maybe it's not strong enough, like you can say, I'm a very decisive person or I'm working on being a decisive person or just, I am a decisive person. Or you could say, there's a chance that I'm actually a really decisive person. You, You have to kind of watch the way your lower brain reacts because you might currently have quite a bit of evidence to the contrary of this. And that's okay. We're going to work with that. We're going to tell, we're going to calm our lower brain down. It's like, okay, I don't need to focus on that evidence anymore. The ways that like I've struggled with decision-making. Now I want to start to focus on what it would feel like to feel decisive. What, what would come from that? And how can I create that more in my life? How can I just, I'm, I'm becoming a decisive person. What would a decisive person do? You just start to associate it with your identity in a way that's just really going to serve you. And, and you're going to notice that there's ways you've already been doing this. Chances are, especially if this one you struggle with, that you're going to have spent time thinking like, I'm so bad at making decisions. I'm just not a, I'm just not a good decision maker. I'm just not very decisive. I really struggle with being decisive. Those are all just thoughts. Let's just make these gentle adjustments to, to what else it could be, right? Because we want to feel this way. This is the magic right here. And the way we feel this way is we spend time thinking thoughts that create this feeling. We spend time thinking these kinds of thoughts. Now, again, you're going to play around with this and find the thoughts that really work for you. These are just some suggestions. But as you open up to this practice and as you open up to figuring out all the ways that you can uh, strengthen this muscle, this decisive muscle, not only in making decisions, but in believing that you're a decisive person. This is always where it starts. As we believe more so that we're a decisive person and we feel more decisive. We're going to make more decisions and more quickly and more frequently and with more confidence, which is just going to in turn, like we say here, become an expert decision maker. And it's going to build this right here is going to build tons of evidence to keep on proving these thoughts true. And so you need to find ways to think them right now, even when you possibly have very little evidence. So that's why we often will soften these thoughts at first as we begin our evidence folder, like I want you to imagine grabbing a brand new like manila folder out of the closet with nothing inside it and writing on it reasons why I am a decisive person or ways, you know, all the ways that I, I'm good at making decisions or being decisive, right? And then we start to just put pieces in there. So then we'll do something and we'll be like, oh, did you notice how decisive I was just then? Like I made a joke with one of my clients and she's probably listening to this video, but I said, it was just silly, but I just said, what, what, you know, what do you want for resiliency training this month? And she just came right back with decision-making as her choice. And I said, oh, great decision. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny because 
she, you know, she had several options to look at and she just picked decision-making. And I bet, I bet she didn't even notice that she was so decisive in that moment. So we're going to come at this from a few different ways. We're going to feel more decisive. We're going to spend time believing that we're a decisive person. And when we feel this way, we're going to do these things and create this result for us. And it's going to feel so good. I'm really excited for you guys. I can't wait for you to get going. I can't wait to hear from you how it's going. And I'm looking forward to coaching with you this month. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Ready to take what you are learning here on the podcast to the next level? Then check out my new video course, Resiliency Training. This year-long course of weekly video classes is the perfect way to increase the efforts that you are already making when it comes to improving your deployment experience and making your mental health a priority. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this course will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.